This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin and I'll be your host today. This is episode two of season three. During season three, we're having some conversations where we go a little bit deeper, a little bit more in depth with some wise and interesting people. And today we're going to be talking with Jess and James all about their six month old Moses, uh, chatting about why they take him along to church, why they found it important to have people praying for him, what difference prayer makes and uh, why they decided to give him godparents. Then we're going to be continuing that theme a little bit and hearing from the wonderful Ruth Morgans about how she's decided to support parents and carers of little ones in her church uh, and some ideas for you doing that. And then if you've got older children, please don't switch off because our question and answer section today, we're going to be looking at children's apologetics and when children have really deep questions about biblical facts, uh, children who have a curious mind and like to ask questions, how we can come alongside them. So uh, the person asking the question is asking about a nine-year-old, but this will work for kind of older or younger children as well. So stay tuned for that. And as usual, we'll have a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. But before we go any further, I have to say, this is your last chance. I think I mentioned it last week, but we have got a babies and toddlers training morning coming up next week, Tuesday, the 10th of May. And we would love you to be there. We've got a whole range of speakers, six different seminars. um, And if you book on, you get recordings of all of the seminars afterwards. So it's really worth doing, even though it'll only take a morning of your time. You can listen to the others while you're doing things later on. And this is really just for anyone who knows that babies and toddlers can connect with God and wants to help them to do it better. So that can be parents, godparents, grandparents, extended family, church leaders, children's leaders, toddler group leaders. We would love to see you there. Uh, But bookings will close at the end of the week. So if you want to grab a place for that, please do that really quickly. I hope what um, Jess and James and Ruth share really whets your appetite and gets you excited about that. And if you're in a stage of life where you don't have any babies or toddlers uh, in your family or extended family, do please send to a friend, pass this on to someone in your church, someone in your family who might find it useful. Because so many of us think, oh, we'll just wait until they're a little bit older. I'm not sure they can understand very much yet. And months and years go past. And actually, there is so much that we can be doing to help them connect with God right from their very earliest days. And that grounds them, gives them peace, gives them safety, gives them security. It's really exciting. So, um, yeah, do book onto that. But I'm going to hand over now to my colleague, Iona, from the Parenting for Faith team to speak to Jess and James. And then we'll go straight over to Ruth Morgans from Woodlands Church to hear about what this has looked like in her church community. So I'm joined by my friends Jess and James today and their son Moses, who is nearly six months old. Um, so thanks so much for joining me today, guys. Thank you. Um And we just thought we'd chat about kind of parenthood because you guys are new parents to Moses. I know that you guys both take Moses along to church. um, And why do you do that? What benefit do you hope it has on him? Um, I guess like an initial practical benefit is that actually it's community, right? Mm. And so especially what we've seen in the last 18 months 
I, I think we think it's really important not only to have Moses go along to community and be involved in a community that is hopefully going to be a part of his family as well, mm. but also getting him used to being around people. Mm. Uh, we were really, really fortunate that actually Moses was born outside of the lockdown. And so mm. he hasn't had to grow up in lockdown. There have been lots of people who have. And mm. so, so yeah, so practically I think there's that part. Um I also love the idea of him being used to church as well. So when yeah. he gets older, it's familiar to him. Uh, he may even enjoy it, uh, <laughs> which would be the real hope, I know. Uh, and even just things like listening to Christian music, like when he's at church and things like that, just he'll grow up with those lyrics and those those yeah. verses. That's really special. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Um, and I know that you guys also have friends that pray for Moses. Why did you feel like that was important? Yeah, um, we, I, th- I think just, well, partly both because we, neither of us have uh, any Christians in our families. Um, so for us, just having having friends that we know are, are praying for Moses is just so essential to us. That's yeah. one of the reasons. And I think, I mean, there's nothing more powerful than prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in our Christian, I know profound, yeah. uh, <laughs> in our Christian life and actually... <laughs> I have I have Christian friends who've grown up as Christians who've talked about the weight of prayer in terms of the, their families praying for them as they were growing up and actually the difference that that will have made even if you don't see it. And I'm very aware that coming from non-Christian families, especially myself, I had a small group of Christian, a Christian family praying for me before I became a Christian. It's like actually how much weight is behind that how much authority was in those prayers that actually they were inceding for me before i even knew about god and so and that's what you want for moses right is to cover his life in prayer yeah that he would always be held in front of uh, god I guess. yeah that's so good yeah. um and what difference do you think that prayer makes to well both of you and him i i think a lot i i sometimes remember I watched a, a preach by a guy called Judah Smith and he said that his dad used to pray for him, that he mm. would find sin really dissatisfactory and mm. really hates it. And he said he found it so annoying because he'd want to go out and get drunk and do all this stuff. <laughs> and he just found it really bland and really boring. And I remember like thinking at the time, that's so powerful that his dad would pray for him and then he'd actually see that fruit in his own life. Yeah. Um, so praying for things like that, but also be, I'm very aware that I'm not just praying for Moses but also potentially his family whether he has kids or whatever that looks like um that that I'm praying in that we are sowing into the generations to come as well yeah Yeah, that's so good and we want Moses again like Jess said with the church thing we want Moses to be used to it and enjoy it we want Moses to see that actually you know prayer is a good thing it's a fun thing and it's an exciting thing um and that he would want to do it and he would grow up wanting to do it and seeing it done well. Yeah. It makes a big difference to us as well. <laughs> really need God's grace in this time. And um, I just I just find the days that we actually start the day in prayer or just pray mm. for each other, just the difference that makes to mm. us in terms of, I just feel like I run off God's resource more than my own and uh, have his patience, his love need yeah. a lot of love in this time yeah yeah and it's encouraging as well oh. right like you when you pray for stuff and you see it happen <laughs> oh, yes. oh, I'm just gonna 
Just, there we go. Much yeah, better. Yeah, it's okay. It's all good. The dummy song. If in doubt, the dummy. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, it's just encouraging, right? Yeah. When you pray for stuff and you see it happen and you pray, like Jess said with the Judas Smith thing, you pray for things and you see the fruits of it. It's like, ah, oh, like it's an affirmation that God is real yeah. and he is working yeah, and he is on your side. And yeah. Mm. Why would you not want that? Yeah, totally. And I guess also having people praying for him gives you that like in those mornings when you don't have time to kind of <laughs> pray for each other you what know you that that's yeah. <laughs> so much leisure time at the moment yeah. you know that that's coming still mm. from other places um, and I know right. that you guys decided to um, give Moses godparents as well which is great um, why was that a kind of important decision for you? Many so we could get baby right. grow saying, will you be our godparent? Yeah, and, <laughs> and free babysitters. Free right? babysitters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So obviously they're the main ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think for me, one of the, again, one of the things of being from non-Christian families, I, I still have godparents, but they're they're not godparents, godparents, you know, like actually I know that they love me and they care for me, but they're not praying for me. Mm-hmm. They're not, they didn't um, teach me about Jesus or, or um, raise me kind of to be a Christian. Whereas for, for Moses and with our friends, we, you know, we wanted him to have godparents, one so that, you know, they would help raise him to be a Christian mm. and not in that, you know, that weird indoctrination way that people think about, but in that they'll show him good Christian lives. Yeah. And also, again, that support thing, right, that we know that they're praying for him. Mm. So in days of like, you know what, I just don't have the capacity to pray for him, but I know that these friends are praying for him mm. and I know that they love him and I know that they want him to succeed and walk with Jesus. Mm. And that's... I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, having people like that, right? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully when he gets older, he'll want to chat to them and, you know, be around them. And there might be times where he feels, for whatever reason, that it's harder to chat to us and he might be able to go for them for godly advice and wisdom, which yeah, would be such a blessing so in yeah. itself. I, I have a friend who... Uh, I was asking him about what it was like to be raised in a Christian family, like, and what advice he would have before Moses was Mm. born. Um, And he's, like, one of four children, and they're all still walking in faith. And and I said, you know, what advice would you give me? And and he said, surround him with godly men Mm. so that he has good examples of what it means to be a man. That's so good. Um, Yeah. Like mental figures. Yeah. People that you meet. That's so great. Hello, my name is Ruth Morgans and I am the Families Minister at Woodlands Church in Bristol. Uh, There are many things that I do in my job and my role as Families Minister at Woodies. um, And one of the things that I run is a toddler group. It's called Tiny Treasures Toddlers. Um, And another one group that we started post-pandemic as a new thing is Refresh, which is a group for mums and their under ones. Particularly during the pandemic, we recognised that um, mums who became mums during COVID had had a really different journey, um, something that I guess even I can't really try and comprehend, um, from antenatal classes all online to not meeting anybody else to giving birth with your partners not around, some of which waiting in in, in the car parks until they were allowed up for the final bit. And then parenting a newborn in a really isolated way. There were no groups running. 
Um, lots of the mums that came to this group, their parents hadn't even met the baby for the first six months because of travel restrictions in place. I wanted Refresh to be a space that was slightly different, a space where these unique and oh, powerhouses of mums could meet with one another, the other people that had gone through a similar thing to them, where we could build a community and where, as the name suggests, they could leave feeling refreshed. And it was really important that they felt refreshed physically, um, so comfy sofas, really good cups of coffee and homemade cake, uh, mentally, so just talking to somebody who understands what you're going through or passing your baby to one of our refreshed team for a cuddle so that you can drink your tea while it's still hot. And it was really important to me that these mums felt spiritually refreshed as well. Worship and a word were really important. Uh, lots of these parents had not been able to attend online church. I don't know if you tried, but it was pretty tricky when you had children around. And so there was a real gap in in the connection with God and the fellowship with other people. And so we wanted to create a community that worshipped together and that grew in faith together. And so that was really um, explicit in the description of the group. Come, gather with your under ones. Uh, we will drink coffee, eat cake, talk with one another, share our experiences, and we will spend time with God with one another. And in trying to decide what course or what material we were going to use, I decided that we would do, um, as part of our gathering together, the babies and toddler bite-sized videos. The sessions are all pre-recorded. They're available there for you. They are, as the word says, bite-sized. So um, I don't know if you can imagine a room of 12 babies under ones who all need feeding at different times, some of whom are learning to walk. Um, we needed to have something that was accessible and easy to watch, but also not hugely long. I wasn't expecting a huge amount. I thought it would give us some good topics of conversation, but actually I think what happened is in, in watching the bite-sized videos together, we were able to share not only a little bit of our journey of faith, but we were able to really connect with um, the mums and their babies. They, they spent time together processing how, what it looks like to bring the idea of God into your relationship with your baby. And how that's possible for, well, babies who can't speak, how they can have a relationship with God and what your role is in that. We had some really, I would say, emotional responses. There were lots of people that really felt more enabled and more equipped to be able to bring elements of their faith um, into their time with their babies. We had um, unprompted times of real prayer and interceding for, for the babies in the room, spurred on by some of the, the conversations and the discussions that were going on. And I would say that the babies course was a real moment for us to connect. It was just easy and it was brilliant. And I think it helped the community that we had built together grow stronger and journey together. Our question today is uh, from a listener 
who uh, wants to ask about her son. Uh, she writes this. Our son is nine years old and quite scientifically minded. He just came out with, quote, a professor said Jerusalem was destroyed much earlier than the Bible said, so the Bible might be wrong. So I, th- unquote, so I think he could well be introduced to some basic apologetics. Do you know of any resources that would be suitable for children's apologetics? It can be in English. My thoughts on this one, I love that kids do that. I love that they begin to hear things either at school or through what they read and their their minds begin to be really intrigued by that. I think there's something beautiful about that. Um, if you're looking for resources, um, I know lots of ones are out there. Um, any or Ewing does some stuff for um, teenagers, which is some really good things in there. Um, any or Ewing E de, or Amy, new word, O-R-R hyphen E-U-I-N-G, I think. She does some good stuff. There's also uh, Lee Strobel's Case for Christ for Kids, which I know is quite popular. Um, but I just wanted to sort of flag up um, that there's a really interesting wave that you can jump on as well when you have a child who is is saying there's other facts coming in and therefore, woo, this makes me question things about the Bible. Uh, this is a great wave to surf, not just to, to head for you know, apologetics videos, you know, Bible Project has some great apologetics videos and things, but to, um, to just jump on this, this wave of curiosity and challenge and intellectual creativity, because one thing that would be really helpful to teach your kid is how to handle inquiry into the Bible? How do you handle when a fact comes in that challenges what you think about the Bible or what you know about the Bible? How do you handle that? Um, So not just give him the sort of, here's a book that outlines apologetics clearly, which is always a really good thing to do for kids, but 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 teach him the, the method of walking alongside a constant curious mind, because that's what probably your child's life will look like. Um, no matter how much apologetics your kid's given, there may be more questions and more things. And to be able to disciple our kids in the constant interesting curiosity of a mind and scripture can be really, really helpful. And so to say, oh, what an interesting fact. Show me. where What's that article? Where did that come from? How interesting. I wonder what it says. Um, and then to compare, well, how do we know what the Bible says is accurate? And what does that look like? And how do biblical theologians and archaeologists date things from scripture? And what does that look like? And to to explore the ideas of it so that you are a co-wrestler, a co-journeyer to say, hmm, you know, there are sometimes things that come along that challenge me and I need to look into that and solve how that aligns and ask myself questions about that. And to teach your son how to hold that, um, not lightly, but how to hold that as part of a normal journey with God is a, is a really significant thing to give them. Um, you can talk about how other scholars interpret things and how to consider more research. Um, and also how this journey and how this new answer 
impacts your relationship with God, your connection with God. To say, oh, I love finding out these new things. Or sometimes when it, when I get a new fact in, it makes me question things. And that journey, I can sit with God and say, show me where your truth is. And, and what is that? And where does that come from? And it helps me get closer to him, this journey of questioning. I love that. And so any curious question you have, um, let's, let's wrestle with it because it helps me see God in a new way. And so as you pursue the really great resources out there, I'd also really encourage you to uh, disciple your kid in the process of curiosity and wondering and and holding up and doing your own research uh, so that it's not just about what's going on in your head, but it's it's how that impacts your heart and your love of God and your perception of God as you walk with him in it all. And a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. What is your earliest memory of connecting with God? And remember, this is a conversation, so be prepared to share your earliest memory as well. Have a great conversation. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.